Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and today we are joined by nobody, it's just me, um, except in the background you will hear the always present Luna, um, she's of course with us and currently drinking, she was just a really good girl, let me brush her teeth, um, so then afterwards she gets treats, because she's such a good girl, um, sorry she was around and I love loving on her, anyways, um, Today will probably be one of my shorter episodes, uh, but it's still something I wanted to do. Uh, I just finished watching for the first time in ages, uh, to me, the wonderful film, The Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, it's one that Mike and I have talked about in the past, um, way back when we did our sequels, prequels, reboots, and remakes, or actually no, not reboots and remakes. Um, I think we did, <laughs> I know we did something about reboots, remakes, maybe we did sequels in that one too. Um, anyways, we were talking about, um, sequel, there was a section where, we, yeah, it was sequels, reboots, and remakes. I remember because I did two title slides for it, one that just never got released. Um, the one that never got released was a collage with, uh, posters from, the Halloween franchise, because that one had a plethora of sequels, uh, a reboot, and has also been, and a remake, question mark? Um, yeah, so actually, yeah, no, a remake, the terrible Rob Zombie one, and then the reboot being um, the most recent one called Halloween. It's a reboot in the sense of it's a sequel to the original, but disregards everything disregards everything after the original. So the original Halloween 2 never happened. And the next Halloween movie will also be Halloween 2. It'll be the third Halloween 2. And oh my goodness, this franchise is ridiculous. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I digress. Back to The Lost World. Um, Mike and I both expressed our fondness of it when we did that other podcast episode it's uh to me it's one that gets a lot of unnecessary flack uh it is a great sequel to me it's crime is it's not as good as the original and that's not a charge i'm gonna put up against it like few sequels are better than are on par or better than the original um there are of course exceptions to that rule but for the most part sequels aren't better most of the time, they're insanely worse. Uh, but in my book, this is a good sequel. Um, I was actually texting Mike as I was watching it. Um, one of the things I love about this movie is its pacing. Um, in its first 20 minutes, it establishes the uh, Site B, the, uh, the second island. It establishes a good concrete reason to need to go there. It establishes, it introduces the characters um, so we know where they stand and then we'll see them grow or not, uh, throughout the movie, but it is, it does a lot in 20 minutes. It gets you off to the races and legit at 19, at the 1955 mark, you are on the boat approaching Isla Sorna. Uh, it does a heck of a job of just hitting the ground running, but not feeling like you're running a marathon. Uh, it's not dense. It just, it's brisk but in the good kind of way it's brisk in the sense of in 20 minutes you've got all your setup and you're getting to the island like it's not brisk in the oh man i wish we stopped and smelled the roses along the way because there's nothing really to stop and smell 
Uh, of course, we who wouldn't like to know more about Lex and Tim, but they're not integral to the story. Um, yeah, I just I really like this movie. Uh, I know the last time I talked about a Jurassic, it was to rip it to shreds, because uh, still I stand by uh, Bex. And then, uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is is terrible. Uh, Steve, when we were recording the uh, the podcast. The Star Wars one with our uh, amazing wives, Jill and Becky. Um, he had asked me which one did I think was worse, Jurassic Park three, or Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. I don't know. Uh, both, both are worse. Uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is definitely dumber. <laughs> it's a lot dumber, uh, but Jurassic Park three is still is still terrible. Um, but I digress. Uh, back to a good movie, The Lost World. Uh, I, I just in the past couple days, I've been on a uh, a Jurassic Park kick, if you will. Uh, I even downloaded uh, the free trial of Audible so I can listen uh, to both the uh, the original novel and then the sequel novel while I'm taking Luna out for long strolls. The thi- um, I've read both of these books. Um, I read Jurassic Park in high school and I loved it. I would still love a film based on it, uh, but again, you'd be in R-rated territory. So maybe it's something you could drop on a streaming service, um, but it's increasingly less likely. I thought after uh, Fallen Kingdom, they were kind of like, all right, we're maybe done. Uh, but I've recently discovered just how big uh, and deep the fandom for Jurassic Park goes. Um it shouldn't have surprised me, but there's, of course, like the Jurassic podcast. Um, is it Kevin Fioni or um, let me see? Uh, yeah, there's the Jurassic Park podcast. Any number of podcasts. Um, Clayton Fioriti. Fioriti. I can't pronounce his name, but he's got a great channel on uh on youtube which is great to go down the rabbit hole because uh, he he shows stuff from the books he shares his opinion guy gets some deep cut references to um frankly the terrible jurassic park comics but then also children's books toys like it, he covers a lot of questions and then it's really really interesting uh and it's through him and some of these other things that made me like i've always loved uh, the first novel. I haven't been as big on the second novel because the second book, um, not, I don't want to say it was a cash grab or anything. I'm not trying to disparage the late, uh, the late Michael Crichton, but, uh, it was there. There's points where it's kind of like Malcolm died in the first book or so we thought. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, the intro to him being alive, it's like, and I was dead. Kind of. And then they kind of carry on. Um, and that that's just not as satisfying. But uh, through Mr. Clayton and these other podcasts, it's inspired me to revisit the films. And the first two films I love. Now, Jurassic Park and The Lost World, there's a huge difference in quality. Uh, that's not to lock the, knock The Lost World. The Lost World, to me, is a great film. Uh, but I'm now wanting to give the novel a second chance. So an audiobooks might be the way to go. I'm really not talking much about the movie because I guess it's just, it's, I don't, 
I don't have the issues with it that people do. Um, I remember as a kid when people were like, as I hear now, people being like, oh, the Rex in San Diego was so stupid. I loved that as a kid. Heck, I still love it. I remember seeing the first Jurassic Park uh, and then being petrified for a long time because, like, the next week, uh, the maintenance in my townhouse, townhouse complex changed all the door handles from knobs to handles that looked like the ones the raptors opened. So I would book it up the hallway, especially at night, terrified raptors were going to come get me. Um, but then, of course, like as a kid, after you saw dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, it would be like your imagination of what they of them interacting with like the, the a city, a modern world. Heck, I always remember like even being a little kid, just getting scared, but also thinking how awesome it would be if and you were in the subway tunnel. Now, for me, most often that would be Main Street Station. No reason to plug that than other than I want to. Uh, shout out to East York. Um, as I was in Main Street, it would just be like, you'd hear the train coming, you wouldn't always see the lights right away, and it's like, man, what if, like, a bunch of, like, four raptors just ran out of there? Um, so as a kid, like, that's scary, but also awesome. And then, when you're watching the flick, and you get, you get to the end, and the Rex shows up on the mainland, that was friggin' awesome. People who were complaining about it, I'm like, we're watching a very different movie. Um... Because I, I love this. And even as an adult, when I see people complain about it, I'm like, oh, it's still awesome. It's tight. Yeah, sure, Spielberg indulges himself a little bit. Uh, he deliberately did that zoom in on the Japanese people running, but it turns out Mr. Spielberg was a fan of classic Godzilla movies, so that was his homage to that. To that. Um, and yeah, people are acting dumb, but it... To me, it makes sense. It works with the logic of the movie at that time. Uh, one scene that gets criticized a lot with the Rex on the mainland, but I love it, is when the uh, when the Rex is chasing Malcolm and Sarah through the warehouse district as they're heading back towards the docks. Um, or it's technically the warehouse is on the dock district. Anyways, um, you get this shot of like, I don't know, four or five police cars and then a van with cops presumably in the back pulling up and the Rex is chasing the car and then it sees them. So it just stands and roars at the police cars. And then the police guards turn around, like just completely stop as they see this thing. And then they all reverse and get the heck out of there. And some people are like, that's really dumb. They should have got out in the car and shoot it. And it's like, are you kidding? That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, if I was in any way a police officer or whatever, and I see a giant dinosaur, you bet I'm turning around. And also, it's funny, and it's not like, it's not pandering funny. I, like, I, watching the flick on Prime, I rewound that scene a good three times and just laughed every time. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, the cops are like, nope, 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 nope. And it, that's relatable. It's relatable as it is funny. Uh, there's, a, yeah, no, I don't get the hate this flick gets. Uh... It's, to me, a great follow-up. It is in no way better than the original, but it's also not trying to be. I don't think you can call this movie uh, Jurassic Park a second time. It's not just redoing the plot of the first one. Now, yes, there are numerous similarities. That has been a problem for the Jurassic franchise, except for where we're at now, which I'll touch on in a, a few minutes, I guess. Um, but... A big problem is, okay, they go to the, uh, like, people go to an island, 
dinosaurs break loose, you need to get airlifted off the island. That's that's a problem all the Jurassics have. Uh, now, the first is the exception because it's the first. It can kind of do get away with it. Um, but it's not like the they're not in cages they're not repeating plot points there's not even that many direct homages to the first one with the exception of the rexes uh stepping and then the water and the footprint and all that um there's no and a couple musical cues which by the way john williams's score for this is outstanding um spielberg deliberately wanted to make this darker and it worked it was it was a darker movie um the first one had a lot more awe and then crap hits the fan this one you've got malcolm being so jaded from the last one which to me makes sense but still being malcolm um still ready to shoot people down being the know-it-all that he is um because he's right uh seriously they could just re-release jurassic park one and two and call it malcolm was right uh and he's just jaded from the first one, which makes sense. And then they're also they establish early on that, like his credibility in the scientific community has been shot. Nobody takes him seriously. Everybody thinks he's a joke. So of course he's going to be jaded, and then jaded about the island and all that. Um, and then people try to say, oh, this character is very different than he was in the first movie. Which uh, Mr. Clayton pointed out in a great video that halfway through the first movie, around the time. After the Rex attacked him, this is very much that Malcolm from the second half of the first movie. Just so snippy, so on the ball. Uh, and Jeff Goldblum's great. Jeff Goldblum's great in this. Um, you can criticize the kid piece, I get it, but that's that's also Spielberg. Heck, that's something that's still going on through these movies. This is a part of the Jurassic DNA. It might not be something I want, but it's something that's there. And yeah, sure, the gymnastics scene was dumb. Okay, I get. I'll, I'll go with one criticism that I'm like, all right, yeah, no, I can I can roll with that one. Um, but it is what it is. The rest of the stuff around it is to me fine. Um, the like, there's a lot of great scenes, great moments. Um, Nick Van Owen played by Vince Vaughn works. I was like, oh wow, the first. Even every once in a while when I watch this, I was like, I kind of miss this Vince Vaughn, like Vince Vaughn before he became. Vince Vaughn, um, and Nick Van Owen, yeah, you can debate, screws them over, because the characters make stupid mistakes in this, but at the same point, I think that's fair, we may, uh, we humans are really stupid, and we make a lot of mistakes, and in this movie, maybe, in this franchise, we made big ones, bringing back dinosaurs, and then, no, no, we're, it, people are dumb, and that carries over into these movies, where, it's easy for us to be like, well, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But in certain situations, no, nah, you're you're not always going to be thinking straight. And the most obvious thing, like wearing a jacket with baby Rex blood on it, is going to slip your mind. Because at that point, you're thinking about survival and not always thinking like, oh, crap, the thing I'm wearing is going to kill me. Because, you know, things around you are trying to bite you and eat you. Um, yeah, no, I dig this flick. It's... It's incredibly solid. Uh, the pacing is really, really good. It's entertaining, and and that's and I guess that's what I want out of this. Um, it succeeds where Jurassic Park Three fails because uh, it still has 
a bit of a story. Um, it's it's not just like okay, they're on the island to, to get the kid. There's a little bit of speculation stuff, but we don't dive in. As these people are fleeing the dinosaurs, it's like Hammond has gone a complete turn um, in the Lost World, where it's he's gone from capitalist to naturalist, and he's still John Hammond because in the movies he's the kind old man, uh, whereas in the book he was a, a jerk and he died in the first book. Um, spoiler, but it's been out for a long time. This is not on me. Uh, he. He's lost control of InGen because of what happens at the beginning of the movie. It's his... I'm not sure if Ludlow is his son or his nephew who has usurped control, basically. And you're seeing other mistakes, and you're seeing other things going on. You have a bunch of interesting characters, not just annoying, shouting, Tay Leone parents. No offense to Tay Leone. I'm sure she's, I'm sure she's a great actress. I've heard of other performances she's done great, but I, I hate her character... In Jurassic Park 3 so much and it's it's difficult for me to separate her from her character <laughs> it's just one of those things hopefully hopefully it'll happen sometime because I like enjoying people and not just always thinking of them as their terrible characters who should have died seriously Jurassic Park 3 you suck um, <laughs> except you bring back Alan Grant so that's great um, yeah I can't think of much that I would change about the lost world I, I find it really, really solid. Uh, it's a great sequel. It's its own thing. It's not trying to be Jurassic Park. The Rex parents scene when the Rex first show up is outstanding. The long grass sequence is wonderful. Uh, the Compi is attacking Dieter is great. Uh, Spielberg does a lot of great film tricks that you didn't even see in the other one. Um, oh, I can't think of a gaping hole. <laughs> That it still bothers everybody, and it's fair. And that's the thing from the SS Venture when it crashes with the Rex on it. The crew's dead. We have no idea. Now, I know uh, the Clayton guy from YouTube, check out his channel if you want to learn more. It is a great spot to go. Um, has he? This guy dives deep into um, various, like, The Lost World had apparently like three or four screenplays before they settled on the official one. Um Unlike Jurassic Park 3, which settled on one and then abandoned it five weeks before filming and then was filming without a script, and it shows. Um, in one of the earlier screenplays, in one of the sequences, it explained what happened. Um, and it was heavily implied, like, there was a hole in the ceiling of the main... I don't know what you call it, but the bridge, I guess, where the captain does the steering and all that. Um, where the dude's hand was attached. It's like the camera, I guess, was supposed to peel ba pull back, and you'd see, uh, like, you'd see a hole in the roof, like, set, basically showing it was a T-Rex, and they, they lured it back down, uh, they, uh, they lured it back down to the, uh, storage part, and that would have been nice, or if it was the Raptors, because it was also, an, uh, some released artwork, but it, you don't know the context of it, of, a raptor lurking towards somebody in a rarely wet looking place and that could have also followed up something from the original novel where in the original novel not raptors had been sneaking on to the ships that were ferrying people to the mainland uh so that would have been a nice nod to it um because this movie also has numerous things that got left out of the first book uh the compies being one of them uh and then the 
birdcage sequence from Jurassic Park 3, which I'll give a credit. That part was a good scene. Um, that, that was also from the first book. A lot of what was in the second book was not here. Um, and at points it's because it retreaded some stuff. Malcolm gets injured again, gets hopped up on morphine again. And for chapters at a time goes on uh, morphine-induced rants about why everybody but him is wrong, basically. Which, if you've got Goldblum doing that, sign me up. I'd be in. Uh, but it's there's a lot of differences between the book and the novel. The book also has some really dark deaths. Now, Eddie Carr's death. Oh, I gotta talk about that scene leading up to Eddie Carr's death. Like, as the trailers are hanging off the edge, I love that scene. That is a masterstroke in suspense building. Because one thing after the other, after the other, after the other keeps going wrong. Uh, the trailers get knocked over. You think that's fine. Fine. Um, the glass breaks. Sarah, Sarah is saved. Eddie shows up to help them out but then the trailer starts sliding as the trailer starts sliding he gets the he gets a rope together gets it to them uh oh wait no he gets them the rope and then the trailer starts sliding as the trailer sliding he's trying to tie it to the winch or whatever the heck you call it um with the the metal cable attached to his jeep as he's doing that the rope breaks <laughs> or the rope comes undone and then it's like he's getting the he's he gets the the winch or whatever the heck it is uh the iron thing attached to the front of the um the bus the the trailer the trailer sorry uh he gets attached to the front of the trailer then he's got to retie the rope as he's retying the rope he sees that the trailer is now pulling the jeep over the cliff um and then as as this is going on malcolm uh, Nick and Sarah are trying to climb the rope, but then the rope breaks, and then they're trying to climb, and then they're slipping because it's soaking wet rope. And it's just really well done scene. And then as Eddie pulls the things back to save them, the wrecks just show up and just destroy his Jeep. And then also, one of my favorite kills in the whole franchise, like, rip the dude in half. Like, it could have been a lot more brutal. It wasn't. It was really well done. But still, you're like, eeh, poor Eddie. He was, he was a good guy. Um... Yeah, I really enjoyed his performance, the banter they had between Malcolm and these guys, because in the first one you see Malcolm, like, uh, Malcolm really hitting on Sattler and then combating with Hammond. And this Malcolm is very driven. He's driven to go back and get his, get his girlfriend Sarah from the island. He's driven to get Kelly and Sarah off the island. Uh, so he's just not a jerk, but really giving Eddie and Nick the hard time and they give each other the hard time but it's it's I was catching stuff that I hadn't caught before and I was like man I appreciate this because it's something that would happen um if such a situation ever happened all right so that about does it I did say um I was going to talk about where the franchise is at now so a couple months ago a short film by director uh, slash Jurassic overhead producer with uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg, Colin Trevorrow. Um, I'm not sure if he's directing the next one or if someone else is, but he's really, really involved. Um, <clears throat> they dropped the short, the short film Battle at Little Rock or Battle at Big Rock or something. Eight-minute short film. Um, 
at the I had forgotten stuff from Jura- at the end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom because I, I hate that movie because it's terrible. Um, but the end of that movie, dinosaurs are now out on the mainland. This takes place, I want to say, five or six or eight or something months after. Like, within a year, um, people, uh, like, it follows a family that's camping. Uh, people are up, but they become aware of whispers and everything of dinosaurs. Uh, there's a baby dinosaur, a baby uh, ceratops, or I know I'm getting that wrong, but I can't remember what one it was. Um, but the first dinosaur born in North America, uh, in the United States. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's family's camping. There's a baby and a fully grown Allosaurus shows up and does what it, predators would do, tries to kill the baby. Then the parents show up and save the baby, but then the Allosaurus is trying to get at people. Um, and then it's, it's establishing like, this is the reality. Dinosaurs are now in the world they're being spotted they're out in the wilderness because of course they wouldn't go to like downtown new york um but then towards the tit at the tail end of the movie it's all like found footage like people's cell phone cameras and stuff uh i think there was something oh no no and not involving the wrecks like cars are driving and then out of the wilderness to cross to another side stegosauruses just start crossing and end up knocking far over at the edge of a cliff uh, at a wedding as they relief the doves, uh, pterodactyls swoop down and grab the doves. And then also there's footage of a shark breaching and getting a seal, but then Mosasaurus breaching and getting the shark and the seal. And that is interesting territory because now we're at a point where nobody's going to the island. Basically, the island has been brought to us. Uh, other dinosaurs are in Russia, Japan, other places. Presumably, people are either trying to create their own or uh as has been pointed out so many times throughout this franchise life finds a way and then they're repopulating and dinosaurs are spreading uh the cast will be uh i know um i can't remember the name of the actor oh bd wong henry Wu will be back um bryce dallas howard will be back as claire uh, and um Chris Pratt will be back as Owen, but also the big three of Malcolm, uh, so Jeff Goldblum, Grant, Sam Neill, and Sattler, uh, Laura Dern, will be back in feature major roles, Colin Trevorrow has said. So, as much as Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom had soured me and made me think, you know what, like maybe this franchise is better done, uh, let's get to the Jurassic like do not a reboot not a remake because the original film is perfect just do an adaptation of the book uh i'm now interested to see where we're gonna go and unlike star wars which just said like the concluding thing of the skywalker saga so you know there's gonna be more star wars uh jurassic park has not had one solid story carrying through they're separate stories that's why whenever marketing is like oh it's the trilogy it's the quadrilogy no it's not it's a franchise Four, now five bloody standalone movies um it's uh they've said like the next installment uh they're they've also gone on to say like there's going to be a netflix show lego shorts new video games new books new comics other short films and other ideas so this is i'm interested it just depends on how well the next one goes 
the idea of dinosaurs spreading and potentially taking over. I'm not going to lie. That interests me, guys. Anyways, that's going to be it for this episode. I definitely rambled, but um, if it's been a while since you've checked it out, toss on the Lost World Jurassic Park. I really doubt you'll regret it. Um, it's got, again, some great themes, some great science fiction stuff. It, again, touches on the... Uh, it does. It touches on the ideas of playing God, not to the extent that the first one does, but it's the repercussions of someone playing God. Uh, numerous times it's it's interesting there's some great heavy themes to it but it is also something you can just sit back and enjoy all that being said hope you enjoyed this today's episode if you really did and you feel hey i i, I can financially support you somehow um <laughs> please feel free to hit up our patreon uh, i'll be putting the link in the description there there's three tiers um uh, $5, $5 a month, $15 a month, or $25 a month. Each tier has some really sweet um, sweet motivations to it. You can also hit us up on our coffee site if you'd rather do a one-time uh, one donation. With those donations, all the money would legit go towards uh, the website, which is now onecrossradiopodcast.com, uh, and go towards uh, website expenses, podcast expenses, so we can get more equipment. Uh, so we can get better equipment, so we can do more with YouTube, uh, so we can do more and more features. It's just they, they cost money. And I am but a housing worker <laughs> and a part-time one currently. Um, so it's it. if you guys can. If not, no sweat, no worries. This isn't to put anything on. And I, I admittedly, I feel weird asking. I was say, I've said to a couple people, I've been a missionary. Um, I've been an urban missionary. And to that, I had no problem approaching people and having the money conversation here i know it's i'm creating audible content um but it's still kind of like hey pay me <laughs> it's weird but if you can if you feel if if you think you can if you feel you can please hit me up also if you another way you can support is hit up our red bubble we have some really awesome shirts a great hoodie coffee mugs travel mugs um that's a way you can support us, but also get some really good stuff. This isn't me shilling. I have a hoodie from of ours from Red, uh, from Redbubble. It is legit one of my favorite hoodies to wear, um, and it's super duper comfortable. Uh, the travel mug is great. It keeps your warm. It keeps your hot drinks hot and your cold drinks cold. Um, Redbubble is great for even non R stuff. Every shirt I've gotten through Redbubble. Or coffee mug, including the wonderful redeemed otaku coffee mug I have. It's it's all great stuff, and it's it it's not too expensive. Uh, that's not just for me. That's across the website. So check out Redbubble. Check out our Redbubble. Um, all that being said, sorry for that long commercial. Uh, thank you for your your love and your support of One Cross Radio. Uh, some more changes will be coming uh, to the podcast this year. Um, if they haven't already happened with shows I'm recording now, uh, truthfully, I'm recording while we're still on break. Um, this, I'm not sure when this will be up. It'll be one of our earlier episodes, but I've got a, another couple lined up and ready to go. Um, but I can't wait to share this one and yeah, happy new year. Love you guys. Thank you for your love and support. Thank you for your prayers. Um, I'm praying for all of you and, uh, God is awesome. Jesus is wonderful. And uh, I love you guys. Thank you for your support. Have a wonderful day, and God bless, my friends. Take care. Peace.